Welcome to Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. Your Real Money Talks host, Laurel Langmire, gets straight to the point about what it actually takes to make money and build lasting wealth in today's changing economic climate. If you're ready to get the financial results you've always dreamed of, keep listening. Real Money Talks is the right place for you. And now here's your host, Laurel Langmire. Hi, this is Laurel. Welcome back to Laurel's Real Money Talks, where we're here to talk about making money, keeping money, and investing money in all sorts of topics. And at any time, if there's a topic you want me to go research, investigate, and bring it back to you, go to asklaurel.com, put in your name, your phone number, and your email, and uh, let's start a conversation together. So that's what Live Out Loud is about, conversations about money. We talk about every aspect of money. You know, I have a lot of friends right now that are, uh, you know, choosing to never get married again. And I was one of those folks who said, I'll never get married again after, you know, uh, over a million dollar disastrous divorce. And uh, just recently, you know, in uh, a money article, brand new statistics are out in money is actually voted over love. So for all of you that are out there and you're uh, deciding money or love or both or how to do it, I have some tips for you today on how we're going to uh, just give you some advice. I'll give you advice very candidly on how I do it and how I think uh, a lot of successful independent uh, business owners and business people and blended families do it. And some of you are going to be shocked. But let's get back to the statistics. You know, would you rather a million dollars or true love. And this was on demographics that were just posted by uh, Money Magazine, um, as well as uh, Fox News and CNN. So, you know, it's media outlets, but I think it's always interesting to find some of this stuff. So who would choose a million dollars annually over true love? Well, 44% of those that are married said that they would. 45 domestic partnerships or civil unions said that they would choose a million. Uh, 55 single or never married. 59% single but cohabitating. Interesting how they divide this up. Uh, 59 of the folks that are divorced and 71% that are separated but not divorced said they would take the money over love. So it's really interesting to look at the psychology of money, right? So many people have this interesting relationship to money. And what I find is when you know how to make it, you can relax into just other things in life. But if you don't know how to make it, it drives your entire existence. And uh, I find it so interesting when, again, people who know how to put money in their pocket, just know how to do it. And I look at that separated, I look at that 71% of the separated. And uh, I would love to see the cut of the demographics that are deeper, because I would bet that a lot of those who are not the primary breadwinner, call it that, uh, the person who knows how to drive the, fine, the family finances, but in a separated situation have the most insecure posture of life. They're living in the you know apartment, the other partner took the house. Um, they've got kid issues. They've got legal, legal, you know, bills that are that are uh, racking up. So it's just interesting. And you know, love or money, and it looks like money always, you know, in almost every statistic that I've seen, whether you like it or not, um, you know, money it takes the edge. You know, money's not the most important thing, but it does have the most impact in your life. You have to have it to operate on this planet. You have to have it to 
buy food, groceries, you've got to have it to take care of your children, put gas in the car, etc., etc. So in this survey, uh, Love Versus Romance, um, which, you know, was done on a survey monkey by Money Magazine, Fox and CNN are the, the sources for all this, you know, slightly more than half the respondents said that they would choose the million dollars for the rest of their lives. Oh, million a year for the rest of their lives over finding their true love. The annual payout eked out over, you know, the advantages of romance. Like people want money and that security. And I think, you know, when they when they say they want love, uh, is it really that they want love? Do they want money? Or let's like get to that bottom line under underlying feeling and the real issue I think that's at hand, which is they want the feeling of security. Now, that could be taken away at any moment. So I think that's an interesting thing to, to hang on to. But people do, and I see it all the time. 51% choose the the uh, overall in the whole study. 51% choose the million a year versus the 47% that are going to pick a soulmate and want true love. So this was true for most of the demographics, especially among the respondents that were divorced and separated. Again, I think divorce and separation uh, cause a very different uh, sense or need of security. Um, plus it you know realigns your entire life. So before you jump into any cynical confusions about greed and money, because that drives me crazy, I'm always, you know, always accused of that. Well, Laura, all you do is think about money, money, money. Well, that's my topic. That's what I'm an expert in. That's what I'm sharing with you. Um, I never touted ever, nor will you ever see it on a blog or a post that I'm this well-rounded. Although I think I have everything that I want, you know, I have it all. It's just not balanced. Um, but I'm accused of that a lot of times. And I think rich people have that. It's just an excuse of those who don't know how to make it to point to those who do and have some critical excuse. And especially in the women category, um, you know, and I'll just speak to the women that are out there. I mean, having balance, like I mentioned just a little bit ago, you know, balance is you know, stagnation, in my opinion. You know, balanced, if you look at a scale, means you're going to balance both sides. Well, there's some stagnation in that versus some fluid movement and having it all. So having it all doesn't mean you're going to have it all at one point or at one time in your life. But having it all, like I've traveled everywhere but Antarctica. It was funny. My kids and I had a conversation last night. Are we going to do it? Because, you know, that was one of the things we said before the kids were 20 that we would travel to every continent. So we have about two years left to plan that and do that. But you know what? The kids just voted and they said, you know, for the for the time, really it's time that it takes to get there and what you'll see versus going back on a safari or back to Australia. Australia has been really a secondary country that my kids grew up in uh, for literally almost, you know, five to 10 years. They'd rather go back. They'd rather kind of go back home to Australia. They'd rather, you know, go back to South Africa, um, go to Europe. We love Europe. We love Italy. We love skiing. We love going to Canada skiing. So it's just an interesting choice. So my point to all of you is have it all. Instead of choosing, have it all. You know, you can have money, you can have love, you can have it all. I have the love of my life. He's the most amazing man ever. Um, I think what a lot of you have to decide is what it is you want. And, you know, again, before you jump in any cynical little, you know, uh, responses to the, you know, commentary and the, the podcast we're doing today, you know, let's dig in a little bit more. 
you know, 70% of the people uh, reported that they're worrying about their financial future. Well, the truth is, um, well, and then another third described themselves as very or extremely anxious when it comes to money. So it's not so surprising that many would choose to ensure their financial future over their romantic interests. So what's interesting about that is why don't you learn about money? You know, 83% of the baby boomers that should be enjoying retirement, as the occupational people would say, I would say enjoying Freedom Day, um, aren't because they never really had a financial path or a financial strategy to know that they could make it. Set that up and we have extraordinary, we have softwares, we have scenario softwares, we have all sorts of ways that you can, you know, put in what you have uh, in the different levels, put in the the interest and the, the rollout of what you're going to be receiving, whether that's Social Security or a pension or you know some uh, later life benefit. So I'm a huge fan of insurance policies because they have later life uh, cash flow benefits that allow you to have cash flow tax free later in life. It's not just about a death benefit. So you know th- this is about love. It's about romance. It's about choice. And this podcast is about you having it all the way you want it. And the thing I want to point to is just the financial Ill- illiteracy that people would hold on to something called that a lot, you know, call it a lottery ticket before they actually learn to make money. I mean, think of all the things that you've put yourself through and you've decided and wanted to learn to make money, but really, have you ever really like studied it? Have you ever gotten to the heart of it? Besides having a job, do you know how to make money? Do you know how to invest money? Most people don't. So let's go back to the article for a moment. You know, what the folks don't realize is that finding a soulmate could be another route and very economical to seeking the security that they want. Meaning, like the survey found, 41% of the never married singles are very or extremely worried about their financial future. By contrast, 25% of married uh, people are that fearful. So nearly half of the people that are in a marriage are uh, less fearful than those who are not because they're having to go it alone versus have a partner that has some economic substance as well that you could do it together. Um, And what's interesting is that the joint household uh, almost unanimously, I mean, I don't think there's ever been a study in history that's ever outweighed the fact that a couple whatever you know relationship that is, whether you're legally married or not, but people sharing incomes and sharing uh, households and lifestyles actually enjoy a better lifestyle and uh, actually have more. They have more, they contribute more because they're sharing the, the rent, the mortgage, the tuition, the uh, vehicles, the food. They're just, they're sharing everything. So what's interesting is... Um, you know, I think it has a lot to do. Married households, like they literally enjoy, um, and this this article would say that twice as many married people enjoy their lifestyle and sustain it longer and actually live longer than those who end up separated, divorced, and then find themselves out of work. Because it is a, it is a huge life reset for those of you that have been separated, divorced. It's an enormous life reset. And um, perhaps why most married couples... Uh, and those that have domestic partnerships or civil unions say that they, would, they wouldn't give up their true love, even for a million bucks. So I just wanted to presence this article. I think it's a lot about choice. I think it's about your lifestyle. I think it's about um, you learning. My call to action in this podcast is for you to learn and to you know, understand what your financial path is, the ways that you can make money, the ways you can invest money for money. 
Um, debt is a huge crippler of most of your wealth and you don't realize it. I see many, many, many folks when they get divorced, their, their first plan is to go pay off all the debt that was accrued during the divorce versus invest the principal and use the interest payments to live on and or pay down debt. So it's a very different process that I teach debt. I think most people waste too much of their principal money that could be compounding during their lifetime to pay off debt versus the other way around. So Another tip and technique that I would say for those of you that do have blended families, and it's what Jason and I chose to do, is uh, we do have a prenuptial. I mean, I came into this to do this for me and my children. Um, obviously, um, he's doing what he's doing in his life for he and his children. So it's his, you know, what's his is his, what mine is mine, and then what's ours is ours as we're developing and creating together. So... I think prenuptials have nothing to do with the commitment to the relationship. I think it has to do with clarity to the financial certainty of the family. And many of you are ignoring that, um, not sitting down and redoing your wills, not redoing your trusts, and having real money rules inside your relationships and your conversations. So I invite you to do that. Um, I would love to offer you some insight and some help. We have a brand new team uh, inside of Live Out Loud now that does wills and trusts, and it's a great legal team that does just really thorough, uh, you know, insight to what your goals are for you and your family. And if you haven't thought through that, take this time and think through it. Would you take love? Would you take money? Is it that you'll just take anything that's coming to you because you're really not planning? So this is more of an inquiry in our podcast, and I hope you enjoyed this. I would love any commentary and comments back or questions. Go to asklaurel.com, put in your name, your phone number, your email, and uh, let me know what you got. I will be back on Laurel's Real Money Talk soon. Thank you for joining Laurel for this segment of Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. To continue this new conversation and to find free resources to support your wealth creation, visit asklaurel.com forward slash podcast gifts. That's A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L dot com forward slash podcast gifts. Thanks for listening and join us again soon. New episodes are released every week.